And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Well, thank you very much once again. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that almost never ends at the David Bowers Awards, where everybody's an award winner because every show's an award show because there are so many award shows. Why not make this one an award show every time? You you were going to say something else. You started to say something else. I saw it in your face. Oh, you're imagining things. Oh, Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, sometimes I do have naughty thoughts. What can I say? I think it's time we get to the music because I'm going to dig myself a hole here. And if I don't, you're going to come along and finish it for me. So we're going to start again right now with a group who call themselves Vistas. They're from Scotland, and this is Start Again.
again? <laughs> I hope not. Is that it? They're not going to really start again, are they? Is the music over well, now? I, I got that, that, that false ending made me jump. It's <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> we, we've discussed those things before. They're Scotland's own alternative indie rock band. They released their debut album in May of last year, 2020, and uh, they were inspired by the indie bands of the 2000s. They want to push the excitement and community spirit of the genre into the new era. And uh, I'll start again. The lead singer, Prentice Robertson, says it's essentially a song about having writer's block and the feelings that come along with worrying where your next idea is going to come from, something I think a lot of songwriters can identify with. He goes on to say, I think getting this song down really helped to unstick any writer's block I was having and oiled the wheels of everything that would follow on from this track. Be interesting to hear the rest of the EP and uh, definitely looking forward to that. They call themselves This Does. What say you, John Bon Jovial? Well, I, I like them. I almost, you know, soiled my pants when they had that false ending there because, <laughs> oh, where's the mic switch? <laughs> But no, I, it's it's got a good commercial sound. Uh, I don't think you're going to uh, hear it on uh, too many so-called AOR stations. But if it, uh, you know, if they can get it to a point where they uh, can get, you know, some terrestrial uh, airplay, then uh, of of climbing up the charts with that. The thing is, though, can they follow it up? Because that's got a nice tight sound to it. But mm-hmm. can they follow it up with something every bit as good? And that's, of course, you know, a, a big, big factor. That's a challenge. And the, uh, you, you touched on a uh, on a good point there. Uh, their sound and what type of uh, what type of play they would get. They've got a sound, and I wanted something to open the show with that was a little bit harder than what we use because we're going a little bit harder this time. We've got some, we got some good hard rock on this time. And I wanted something that would, you know, be generalized and not offend an audience or anything, but at the same time, I wanted something that had some guts to it. And I thought this kind of treaded the, uh, treaded the soil in between. It sort of sat on the fence, but it does present the problem. Does it get played by a rock station or does it go to an MOR type station or does it have the strength to cross over? Interesting there. I guess a lot would depend on the two basic factors that they usually do depend on, the head of the music director and the market that you're in. But it's got potential on both sides of the line there. You know, I, I can see um, a soft contemporary station playing it, and it would be the harder edge if you yes. will, if there is such a thing, to a soft contemporary station. And certainly I can see it on a CHR station as well. Um, but I don't think you're going to see that on a so-called, you know, traditional classic rock station, if there oh, are, no. are even no. any of those anymore. No, that would be uh, almost a ballad. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it would. But I know that the next guy that we got coming up here uh, who follows us on WRFC is uh, you know, a little on the hard side when it comes to shredding a guitar. So I, yeah, I'm I couldn't imagine him doing that Steve. song. I couldn't no, imagine no, him doing no, that no. song. No, it's, uh... <laughs> Here's Steve Whitback doing a Jackson 5. <laughs> and it's interesting that you brought up Steve because this is a unique show in that not only does he follow us on 
uh, Rochester Free Radio, our flagship station, but he is also going to be our first guest today, and he'll be sitting in with us in just a, in just a few minutes. We're going to have an interesting chat with him because he's got quite a story. He's a musician himself. He has a, uh, I think this is his second band that he's had, uh, the Tombstone Hands, and uh, they are a, uh, they are more what I consider classic rock than what uh, the uh, the euphemism goes for today. To me, what they call classic rock today is not classic rock. It's hard rock. As a matter of fact, it borders, <clears throat> losing my voice, it borders on uh, on heavy metal. And uh, I, to me, what he's doing is closer to classic rock because he does music from I the, agree. Uh, the, the sound of the 50s and early 60s when instrumentals were just starting to break down the the wall for a long time instrumentals just didn't get radio play and consequently didn't chart but you had a few artists that came out uh you had the the champs which was kind of a marginal uh instrumental you had Dwayne Eddy of course and a guy by the name of Link Ray and Rumble and uh, Steve's band does a uh, a great spin uh, kind of an update, a little bit of a modernization of the Link Ray sound with Rumble, and we're going to play that. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to play it right now. Here they are. They call themselves the Tombstone Hands. This is 2021's Rumble.
Hey, let's get Steve in here because he's got to go do a show right after this. Steve, come on in here. How the heck you doing? I'm just just peachy keen. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Glad to have you on board. <laughs> and uh, really a kick, especially since we follow each other on Rochester Free Radio. We were talking, as you heard there, about the uh, early history of rock instrumentals from uh, the 50s on. And how did you land on the idea of doing of having a band that specialized in basically a modern version of 1950s instrumental rock and roll. Well, it's uh, it's been a dream, Dave. It's always been a dream. I've always, you know, <laughs> dug instrumentals, you know, growing up with, uh, you know, all those cool TV themes, like uh, Bonanza, which we actually mm. do. Except it sounds okay. more like Thin Lizzy and The Who doing Bonanza, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know Hawaii Five O, and you know I always just dug that stuff, and then oh Robert Gordon introduced me to Link Ray, uh-huh. and okay. you know that was and you know I was on when uh, that the first my first award when uh, Beth Ray was on, that's when right. we really yep. met like three years ago. And pretty much every band in the past, we always did an instrumental or two. There was a blues band, you know, I'd do a Freddie King or two. Okay. You know, let's throw Steve a bone. <laughs> and then uh, I had like a 20-year break from music, and I started trying to get something going. And, you know, the few few things that almost took off fell apart because of LSD, lead singer disease. Lead singer <laughs> disease, yes, okay. <laughs> and when I hooked up with uh, Brian and Dennis, you know, we jammed, we jammed mostly on instrumentals, and I threw, hey, what, what, why don't we just forget having a singer? Let's just do this. And Brian, the drummer, was like, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of dealing with singers, man. Let's just <laughs> just strip it down to three of us and just kick some ass. And And my idea was, like, take the Ventures and Hendrix and Cream and do it more like a British power trio. Okay, okay. So it's kind of a different concept than, you know, the the usual guys that do it like 1962 with the matching bowling shirts. Right. It's like, you know, it's cool. I did, you know, that clean stuff, but I I think I'm going through my uh, midlife crisis and I want to play loud again. So Uh (laughs) I get to feel like I'm 16. (laughs) Well, you you also... You also do something that uh, can be kind of controversial because, like everything else these days, uh, you have, you know, half of the bunch is in favor of it, and the other half is going to complain that you don't do it the way the originals do it. You you put your own little spin on it. You make the songs yours rather than, you know, just duplicating the original sound. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, in music, and I know, the listeners, who cares about what I think? They they don't want to hear me. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this point anyway. Uh, music is just that type of thing. It's personal, and it it wor- identifies with the person just as the person identifies with it. Music is your own interpretation, and it's open to that. It's part of what makes it so personal, so emotional, and the fact that you put your own spin on it is really a good thing because it's not if I want to hear the original version of Rumble 
I can have it up on YouTube in 30 seconds. You know, I don't need to have a cover band come along and do it. But exactly. you, do it in a, you do it in a way that updates it a little without destroying the integrity of the song. And I think this is a good thing. I think it's also a good thing that John Bon Jovial would like to jump in here and say something. So uh, let's give him 30 seconds or so. I, I shall pounce upon the subject. Uh, <laughs> like the cage panther that you are. Yes, precisely. Well, I am legendary after all. Uh, but, yes, uh, you know, you mentioned something with the matching bowling shirts and all that, uh, which made me think of, again, the Ventures. Not only did they have the matching Beatles suits on steroids, but they also had the matching Mossberg guitars to go along with it. And, uh, and and I don't think that they never did any vocal stuff, not that I can remember. No, uh, yet no, no, they, no. Yet they sold a they sold a bazillion records. And they did. Uh, they I, were. I was reading. They were the largest selling instrumental group of that era. Yeah, no, I remember that well. But that I just wanted to get that little tidbit in there. But really, the reason for me wanting to, you know, a pounce upon the subject here is the the name of the band, the Tombstone Hands. I love that, and it, it's just so bizarre and memorable. And how did you come up with that? Well, you know, band names. It's like the hardest thing now because everything's been done. So we went through a few. I had some cool ideas, and you know, I do a search, and there's some, you know, band in Yugoslavia from eight years ago. I already did it, and they're on YouTube <laughs> doing one song. I can't do that one. So I went to the source of sources, Mr. Bo Diddley. Who do you love? Tombstone Hand in a graveyard mine. Yeah. I'm just 22. I don't mind dying. I don't mind dying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> And as soon as I, I was like, wow, that's a, and then I, you know, I looked and looked and looked. I couldn't find any bands, the Tombstone Hands. So I'm like, that's it. We got it. I love and it. I really wanted I a the. It. We, I wanted a the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, now uh, we uh, got to uh, do. All we got to do now is get you out of upstate New York and down into Southern Arizona where you belong. Well, that's difficult, but. <laughs> My drummer owns a business, and uh, he's not too keen. But I, I'm putting together another band, actually. We just started, and then COVID blew everything out of the water. And I'm the old guy this time, so I'm hoping we'll, like, hit the road once we get things going. What you going to be doing with this band? Basically, good old cowpunk. Cowpunk? Like, yeah, cow the most... Punk misunderstood not known genre of all times basically like uh, a cross between Buck Owens Hank Williams and Motorhead right yeah. Yeah, so it's country a... but it's kind of like sounds like, like the Tombstone Ants you know crunchy guitars louder and faster and this band's got vocals and everything Oh no! Oh yeah! So you're, gonna, <laughs> you're so so you're gonna be you're gonna be singing about pickup trucks while crunching a guitar, getting drunk at the bar, chasing and women and 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and, and of course getting the rock and roll in there where peace and love, man. And uh yeah, okay. 
Yeah, I've always wanted to do it, and I became friends with this really talented bass player singer in Buffalo, which has the greatest music scene. Really, it's a great city. It's only an hour away, so I haven't been in Buffalo in decades. (laughs) Well, you're down in the Sun Belt. Why would you? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Like they say, Buffalo is a great place to be from. Far from. <laughs> yeah. Pardon me, our friend. <laughs> That's actually Buffalo. a great city. Yes, it is. Yeah. I really like it. I mean, Rochester's a little more conservative musically, I've discovered. So we do much better in Buffalo for some strange reason. Hmm, that's interesting. I I would not have suspected that for the most part, although in some ways I can. Buffalo is a is a larger metropolitan area and it has more, what do I want to say? It has more feed from the outside, from different areas and different uh, uh, populations, different types of people where Rochester is kind of sequestered in its own little niche there in upstate New York, off the lake in between, you know, Syracuse and uh, well, there isn't much till you get to Buffalo, but uh, yeah, right, Rochester's, right. Rochester's kind of uh, kind of sequestered there, where Buffalo draws really from uh, from three from three or four if you count Canada. You know, on the north, south, east, and west, you've got totally different areas around it. And uh, right, yeah, right. I can I can understand that. And the uh, the cow punk or uh, country punk, if you will, uh, that really started in the UK back. Uh, wow, what thirty forty years ago? Because they was back in what the seventies or eighties where they uh, they came out with the uh, with the nomenclature where where they labeled music country punk and uh, actually with, the uh, first band I I was aware of it was from Nashville the Jason and the Scorchers yeah they uh, they were one of the early ones that made a name of it uh, you yeah, know like everything else there's a bunch of people that will try anything but you don't always hear about them uh, it. Uh, it made a, a little bit of a noise in Southern California in the eighties. I know I was there then, and uh, there was, right. there was a Bucket little bit of it going the, around. It, it was Dwight the subject Yoakum of a lot of scorn. Yeah, it, it was a subject of a lot of scorn. John, you got something? Yeah, uh, you know, is there uh, other than the fact that Buffalo has been immortalized by the Grateful Dead? Is there a cowpunk thing going on in Buffalo or Rochester? No. No, we're going to start it up. There you go. There's a pretty cool alt-country scene in Buffalo. Rochester, there's like an alt-country, but it's more like singer-songwriter. You know, it's a guy with a banjo, a couple of acoustics. Um, It's a little bit different in Buffalo, but, but no one's doing what we're doing. I think it's like perfect timing. And you're not, not that we're going to like you know sell out places and make billions of records, but I think you know people will dig it when they hear it. You never is know. Is it the kind of new country? Is it the kind of new country now that might be considered like the one thousand and one strings of Barbara Mandrell, or is is it a, a real? <laughs> is it a traditional country scene? I have no idea. Oh, there's traditional country. Um, I have no idea about new country. I you know avoid that like disco. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing. You know, it's turned into like 
basically I hear it sound all these bands sound like uh Journey with a twang. I don't I don't know how it's anymore. you know, it's, it's just like a little more down home eagles, but you know, give me uh you know, last week I played Merle Haggard on my show. Can't go I mean, wrong with the hag. Absolutely. And every all the few people were like, "Oh my God, this was great! I can't believe how cool that was." I got some great feedback on it. Well, the Living Dead have got a uh, have got a uh, uh, Merle Haggard tune that they include in their repertoire. So uh, that's not way out there. As a matter of fact, I think it's neat that uh, that there is that crossover of the genres of music because I, the genres of music or really the subgenres that we have to deal with today, I think are primarily outgrowths of radio. Everybody had to have their own shtick, and uh, we're going to play country, but we're not going to play the country that everybody else plays. We're going to twist it and play it a little bit a little bit more rock and roll or a little bit more this, a little bit more that. So it's not surprising. And, uh, yeah, I could, see, I could see punk rock uh, adapting country music, and I'm anxious to hear what you're going to come up with when you get to, when you get started. Love you to keep in touch and uh, and let us hear a little bit of of the music as you develop. And definitely be interested in following. And before we run out of time, I want to change to a little bit different subject here because I think this is also uh, interesting for our audience. Uh, your 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 experimentation that uh, basically creates a new career for you. In addition to being a music person, as we alluded up front, you're also now a radio person. And I know that you did this uh, well, from your from your years of experience in radio, of course. You had, <laughs> what was your experience in radio when you started? You you'd gone into the you'd gone through the door of a radio station or something at one time, right? Yeah, I was interviewed. You know, bad stuff once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) And you saw this DJ sitting there interviewing you, and you say, "Hey, punk, I can do what you're doing." (laughs) No, not at all. I was the last thing I thought I could do. It just 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 seemed like an impossibility. I thought you had to go to like school or. Uh, There are some schools that will try to convince you. Luckily, I married a. I married a woman whose nephew founded Rochester Free Radio. Ah, uh, okay. And we were at his, uh, we were at a New Year's Eve party a couple of years ago. Nepotism. And he looked at me and said, "You should have a show." And uh, <laughs> you know, peer pressure. Everyone was like, "Yeah, you should have a show." And I'm like, "What are you insane?" And they're like, "No, no, no. You know about music. You know, you play. You got all these CDs. Blah, 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 blah." And uh, you know, maybe I will. And then you discovered all the buttons. Weeks later, there I was discovering the buttons, the switches, the sliders, and all these other great little toys. (laughs) Yeah, I basically had two very, very short training sessions, and then all of a sudden, oh, we need you to we need you to come on Saturdays beyond before Armand. When this Saturday? (laughs) What? Thankfully, uh, my years of playing, you know, in bands, I was at least had a clue what a mixing board was. Yeah. So it wasn't like too too like left field, but oh man, those first couple of shows were brutal. And I, you know, I'm there by myself. My nephew like gets me, you know, 
10 minutes in, he's like, all right, you got it. I'll see you later. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And here it is four years later, man. All right. Now, for for people who want to hear an experienced radio person on the air, I know that uh, all of our friends there at Rochester Free Radio are online. I mean, you can pick it up online. Tell the folks when and how they can catch you on your show. Well, if you are fortunate enough to live in Rochester, you can go to WRFZ 106.3 FM every Saturday from 1 to 3. Or the rest of the planet, go to www.rochesterfreeradio.com. And every Saturday from 1 to 3 Eastern Standard slash New York time, it's all me for two hours of the coolest rock and roll on the planet. Hey, and that's why we try to do such a great job, a bang-up job on our show, so that we give you a good, strong lead-in audience. Yeah, and then we got the legendary Arm and Shawrock following, and how cool! The, that's why I took Saturday. I was like, I'm not giving up my Saturday afternoon. You'll be opening for Arm, and oh, cool! What time? What a it was what like a, a no-brainer. What a fantastic spot for you to be in, sandwiched between the David Bowers Awards. And Armin's show, I mean, you can't help but have an audience built right in for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, dynamite afternoon. And I'm, you know, I don't know if Armin's a radio pro, but he's definitely a pro. <laughs> he's, he's a music man. He's a music man and a, uh, he's a legend there in Rochester in upstate New York. Uh, and I hate to say this, but we have plumb run the clock down on the show, and we're going to have to be moving on. Steve, it was wonderful having you sit in and chat with us. And uh, sometime when you're really up for some personal punishment, uh, give us a call. And we'll sit in with you on your show. <laughs> as soon as I figure out how to do that, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Say hello to all our friends there at Rochester Free Radio. And again, for the listeners, rochesterfreeradio.com online. Um, you better get going because you got a show coming up right after we get through here. Thank you so yeah, much, that's Steve. Look at time or thanks, you guys. I love, <laughs> love following you. Thank hey, you. We love having you there. We love having you there. Steve Litvak, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, the Tombstone Hands. And here they are with an original of his called Lipstick Killers Theme.
And there you have it, Lipstick Killer's theme of the Tombstone Hands and Steve Litvak. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. Now, I hope you can uh, manage to recover in time to do your show. For those of you listening to us in Rochester, New York, on WRFZ FM 106.3, Rochester Free Radio, uh, Steve follows the David Bowers Awards. And following us right here and now is a band from merry old England. They call themselves the last of the misfit heroes. We're going to find out what that's all about right after we listen to Pulling Punches. They call themselves the last of the misfit heroes. And here's the man himself. This is this seems to be Steve Day. We have another Steve now from England. This is Steve Cat. Hello, Steve. Hi, David. How are you doing? You okay? Doing well, thank you. We had a little bit of a technical problem there, which uh, I guess we've magically made go away. John's good at that. He's got a magic wand, and every now and then he figures out how to make it work. And this time he did. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> it's so so good to have you here with us. Tell us a little bit oh, about 
tell us a little bit about the last of the Misfit Heroes. Yeah, well, we're a, a three-piece band from South London in England, and uh, we've only been going a couple of years, but um, obviously we haven't been doing much in the last year of, with uh, lockdown and everything else. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're, um, we're we're basically a hard rock band with a bit of influence of punk in there and a bit of ska in places, and um, yeah, it's quite a lively, uh, upbeat stuff we do. So uh, it is. We just um, it is. Yeah, it is that. Released, oh yeah, sorry. As I was saying, yeah, we just released our debut album last weekend, uh, "Hope for the Hopeless." So that's out at the moment. So yeah, that's all exciting stuff. Well, we wanted to be sure and give you a chance to get that in there, and in a bit, I give you a chance <laughs> to tell the folks how to find you, find your music, and also buy the album. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that had to be a little bit of a uh, hiccup for you. You just get started two years in, getting ready to start your third year. And all of a sudden, the whole world comes crashing down and stops. That's uh, probably a yep. little bit more than frustrating. It has been. It has been. But we've been quite lucky, really. Um, we managed to sort of record the album just before lockdown kicked in properly. And uh, we've been working on videos and doing as much online stuff as we can. So that's that's been quite positive. But, yeah, it has been frustrating having to cancel gigs and not being able to get out there and sort of play the songs. It has been, yeah, pretty frustrating, but hopefully um, it looks like things are starting to open up a bit later in the year. So hopefully we'll be back out there. Yeah, that's one of the recurring themes that we're hearing from artists uh, over the last year. It's uh, really given them uh, uh, incentive to check their, uh, you know, their creativity and see what they can come up with both in the way of new music, uh, obviously, a lot of artists are yep. taking the time to explore their their writing interests and get deeper into it than they can when you're you're playing gigs every other night. You're on the road. You're doing yep. this. You're rehearsing, and uh, this way, at least you've had the time to kick back and say, "Okay, I've got nothing on my plate. I can sit here, zone out, and get into my writer's mode and see what yep. you know, see what comes out of my brain." And uh, it. Uh, gives you a chance to explore your creativity, which is a good thing. So I, I, I yeah, salute you for that, and I congratulate you on your uh, your new album, Hope for the Hopeless. And that came out, oh. what, the last weekend of March of this year, right? That's right, yeah, last weekend it came out. Um, so, yeah, it's on, available on all the uh, sort of streaming platforms and all the download places, that sort of thing. So at the moment it's all, yeah, just sort of online. Um, so we're, we're hoping to get sort of physical copies out at some point in the near future. Well, we definitely wish you the best with that because I know that uh, well, when you're not making appearances, uh, that's about all you got going for is being able to sell tunes and merch, and uh, we yep. want you to be able to do that. Tell us about the guys in the band. Yeah, well, yeah, like I say, we're a three-piece, so that's myself. I'm the lead vocalist and the guitarist. And then on the, the bass is uh, my good mate, and Jackman. I've known him since uh, since school, so since we were five years old, so it's it's been a while. And then on drums is my cousin Chris. So um yeah, between the three of us it's um yeah, quite a nice little little band to play in really. So it's uh, quite straightforward, just sort of nice sort of rocking out tunes and um yeah, very easy to to enjoy it really. What's your background in music, Steve? Um well I've I've played in bands for years now. Um sort of going back to the late 90s in London when we sort of had Britpop and things like that so I sort of played in bands then and um, I, I sort of took quite a few years off after that and 
sort of recently, I, I sort of picked the guitar up again and started writing and just getting back into music. And yeah, it's been a really good sort of release the last few years, just to you know get all these ideas out and uh, be able to sort of do something with all these ideas. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I've been doing really. Sort of you know, sort of mainly playing the pub circuits and um, sort of the clubs of London over the years. So um, yeah, it's, it's good to sort of get back into that now. We've been fortunate to have a uh, have a beautiful following from over on your side of the pond over there. No, we've had a friend over there at uh, Zychotica Radio, and uh, also oh, yeah. another another group from uh, from your part of the world has been with us since uh, well for several years. I don't know as they were here when we began the show, but uh, they joined us one time after that, and uh, they've right. been uh, coming back with us. They a uh, wild horse, and we've been. Uh, very happy to have them here and to be able to follow them along in their career as they grow. And that's one of the things we like about working with the uh, the indie artists, the unsigned, the emerging artists, is being able to get to know you guys during the early yeah. parts of your career and following you as you grow, mature, spread your wings. And uh, and it's really a kick to, uh, you know, to see the success you guys have and say, you know, I knew these guys when. John Bon Jovial, I knew him when I was in radio in Tampa long ago in a galaxy far away. It was like about, what, 30, 40 far years away. ago? Yeah. <laughs> I know you right. just jumped in that, to jump yeah. in here. Well, first of all, Steve, welcome. It is great to have you here. Um, oh. And I, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, and Dave will tell you that um, I always kind of have these alternate visions of ideas that people have regarding the names of their band and the music that they do. And yeah. as I'm listening to, uh, <laughs> as I'm listening to uh, pulling punches and, uh, and, and contemplating the name, the last of the misfit heroes, this yeah. vision came to me of uh -oh. these intrepid voyagers <laughs> in a uh, Lord of the Rings situation, trying to find Gandalf. They've got this determined look on their face. They're walking with purpose, and they're all on acid at the same time. <laughs> and what are you sampling there? What, kind of, what, yeah, what are I your know. snacks? You want some? <laughs> but, but this that sounds is, like this a good video. This, that sounds like an excellent video. We have to do that. This is, <laughs> oh, this is the vision that came to my mind. <laughs> with listening to the driving force of this song, which, by the way, is excellent, and oh, the you. name of the band, and and I'm just I'm I'm, I'm picturing this ragamuffin group of guys yeah. trying to find the sacred ring to get to Gandalf before the bad guys do. But again, they're all tripping their brains out, but they're so determined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely determined, but yeah, there's not too many. Uh, we haven't got any Gandalfs involved already. Uh... <laughs> And trust me, I say this in the most complimentary of ways. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little personal vision that sort of uh, sort of plays into that feeling. <laughs> well, I, I have to admit that it, it may have brought back vivid memories of euphoria, but <laughs> years gone by. <laughs> and, bef and before you. <laughs> Yeah, we, but no, serious. You, you guys are tight, and that you know you've got such a, a oh, good song. You. It's beautifully produced, and uh, I I hope 
that there's going to be more like this. Yeah, yeah, one of the more upbeat songs we do. I mean, we we worked out the album is actually only about 30 minutes long. I mean, all our songs are like that sort of short, short sharp and sort of in-your-face type songs. Um, so we like we, we really enjoy doing those sort of upbeat type, you know, short, short blasts, if you like. So, um, yeah, there'll definitely be a lot more of that as well. Uh, it brings back memories of our early days in radio when the uh, average record ran between two minutes and two minutes, 30 seconds. And, you know, a three-minute record, you've got to be kidding me. How do we yeah. squeeze that one in? So, uh, you know, two-and-a-half-minute songs, something that uh, that we're more than used to for a long time. What you got on yeah. your plate? Now, we know the. Uh, it looks like we're going to be slowly getting back to normal, and hopefully by 22 we will be. But uh, that yeah. leaves all the rest of 21. What you got on your plate? What are you guys planning on uh, for the rest of this year? Yeah, well, we're, like we're sort of saying, a few places uh, in London are starting to open up, and we've we've got a couple of dates penciled in for August. We haven't promoted them yet because it, it's still not 100% sure. So hopefully, yeah, towards the end of the year, we'll start doing a few more gigs here and there. We've also got a couple more videos coming out um, from tracks from the album, so that they will be released quite soon. And... Ideally, we'd like to sort of get back in the studio, maybe do another, record another EP, you know, for release next year. So we're going to try and, you know, do as much as we can this year while things sort of sort of get back to normal. But um, yeah, like you're saying about lockdown and sort of spending the time, um, I've written pretty much the second album and probably most of the third album already. You know, it's we're right. just sort of all fired up waiting to go, and but everything's sure. all there just waiting to sort of kick off, really. Right, I got you. With the reopening of some of the venues now, and of course the fact mm. that you're you're not announcing them yet, which is cool, and I understand completely, and I wanted you to know that uh, now that you're part of the David Bowers Awards family, uh, we'd like you to uh, spread the news, sh- share it with us, and we'll share for oh, you. Uh, one of our social media pages is one I have on Facebook, which is uh, the David Bowers Awards. It's a groups page, and it's open yeah. so that you can post your own directly to the page. You don't have to send us a press release or anything. You can just post whatever you've got happening, uh, shows, new music, rumors, yeah. uh, you know, the latest scuttlebutt, anything you want to share with your fans and hopefully more new fans, feel free to post it there. Yeah. We'll pick up on it and share it on our other social media sites. So keep that oh, in okay. mind. And with that, yeah, in mind, yeah, that. with that in mind, before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you, and I, we've, we've seen a lot of information, uh, news going around from both uh, uh, the UK, Europe, from the other side of the world, Australia, the Philippines, and of course, right here in the States and Canada, about how this has hurt the indie venues. What have you seen? What have you noticed about the attempt to survive by these indie venues, and how are they dealing with it? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's a lot of clubs, um, pubs in, in London, which we know. Um, as far as I know, most of them are, are still planning on opening in, in some way or another, but I know a few pubs have sort of gone already. They've just, um, yeah, just haven't been able to, to carry on without any income coming in. But there's a few of the sort of more well-known pubs, if you like. Um, there's, there's one in Camden called the, uh, the Dublin Castle, which is quite a famous pub. Um, that's had a sort of a crowdfunding thing going on, so, you know, that'll carry on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how many venues do sort of carry on. I think at the moment they're still sort of being supported by 
governments with grants and things like that. So hopefully that will carry on for a while. But once that stops, it's going to be um, then you'll sort of, then we'll sort of find out exactly where we are really. Yeah, I know that I saw where there's a, a lot of talk about, uh, of course, the government doing more to help them survive, help them get through this period. And as we've seen, it looks like we're starting to come out of it. We can only hope that. Uh, that they do survive, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a mutual thing. The venues are going to have to help the acts, and the acts are going to yeah. have to help the venues. And this is a good thing because there have been venues yeah, taking advantage of acts for way too long, and if they have to yeah. be codependent, this is going to help everybody, I think. Steve, we're almost yeah. out of time. I promised you a moment to tell the folks how to find you. Give them your webpage, your link, whatever you've got, and uh, let them yeah. be able to find you and your music. Yeah, definitely. Well, probably the best place to find us on social media is Facebook. Um, yeah, if you search for Last Mystic Heroes, we're there. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, um, and even LinkedIn. So we're, we're across all that. And we've got a YouTube channel as well with all the latest videos. Um, so that's the best places to find us. And then you'll be able to find the album on the usual sort of places, Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, Deezer. There's a whole, I think, hopefully they'll be on most streaming services. Um, and also we've got a Bandcamp page, so if anyone's looking for any merch or anything, then, yeah, if you head to Bandcamp and search for Last Misfit Heroes, you'll find a few T-shirts and hats, things like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much where we are. Fantastic. Steve Cat. we want to thank you so much for sharing with us, for spending your time here with us today, and we look forward to keeping in touch, hearing more from you in the future. And, hey, maybe we can even twist your arm and get you to come back and see us again. Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Great, our pleasure. Be sure and keep in touch. We mean that, Steve. A pleasure definitely. having you here with us, ladies and gentlemen. They call themselves Last of the Misfit Heroes, and this is When My Empire Falls.
Oh, wow. That's got a, just got a, an amalgam of sounds in it. You've got some classic rock. You've got some punk. You've got some heavier stuff in there. That's a, a great sound. I, I love the way they put it all together. And you know me, John. I'm one of these that love when an artist can mix or cross genres and do it successfully so it doesn't sound like, hey, he just decided to throw a couple of different sounds together. Great sound. Nice job. Really nice job. Really nice job. Yeah, the last of the misfit heroes from London. We thank them so much for joining us here today. Also, our old friend Steve Litvak from Rochester Free Radio and his group, the Tombstone Hands. Great job having you here with us. And we'll love looking forward to having you, our listeners, here with us. Again, next week, John Bon Jovial, I think that means it's time to take us home. Oh, man, do I have to go already? Well, all right. <laughs> Folks, you did it again. You spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we really, truly are grateful for your presence today. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios, the world-famous studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the beautiful Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and we are available for free on most of the major streaming services, including now podchaser.com slash the David Bowers. Be sure to follow the David Bowers on Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern on WRFZ FM 106.3. That's Rochester Free Radio in Rochester, New York. And on Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers Awards, uh, this is the legendary John Bon Jovial saying, be good to yourselves, keep your distance, get your shots, wash your hands, keep the masks on for a little while longer, and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. <laughs>